0: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, F. From the day. studios
1: of 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., welcoming you to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. Coming up on today's show, we will feature highlights from Monday's Media Day with the three most important people in the Thunder organization who are not named Sam Presti. That would be Billy Donovan, who will talk about life without Russell Westbrook and Paul George. We will also hear from Chris Paul on what it's like to be back in Oklahoma City and what it's like to be 34 years old. And then Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he will talk about being the guy in Oklahoma City and what exactly his role is this year, which, as we will tell you, Will change throughout the season, and uh, later on this week, uh, we will have more audio from the Thunder. So get ready; we're rolling up our sleeves, we're digging in on the Locked On Thunder podcast. My name is Eric G. I am the editor in chief of Thunder Maven. You can find us on Sports Illustrated. You can find us at BasketballMaven.io/slash Thunder, and I am also the co-host of the Pat Jones Show on 97 One, The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, some quick impressions from Media Day yesterday. One, the first thing that struck me was how loose the atmosphere was. I mean, overall, from top to bottom, not just with the players, but from the media itself, and really the Thunder employees and people who work with inside the organization, you could almost feel as if a weight had been lifted off this organization's shoulders with the absence of both Russell Westbrook and Paul George and also with it, the absence of expectations of having to succeed and get to a certain point in the playoffs. Everybody is approaching this year as something completely new, blank canvas, and I think everybody inside that organization Fully understands how fluid this situation is. And, and nobody is pretending by any stretch of the imagination that the Thunder are going to be anything more than a team who is a work in progress. Had a chance to talk with Andre Robertson. We will have that tomorrow on the show. Ask Andre Robertson what percentage that he was going to be coming into this season. Andre Robertson said that he wouldn't put a percentage on it. Ask him about Sam Presti saying it would be a A process to get him back on the court. He said that is what training camp is for. But the biggest thing I took away from Andre Robertson was not having Russ in the locker room, not having his voice, not having his leadership. And Andre Robertson is a guy that did kind of come across as a dude who is still looking for that leadership. And it's going to be interesting to see how he functions how guys like Steven Adams function without having a guy who is a set leader and how quickly they look to somebody like Chris Paul or Shea Gilgis-Alexander to fill that slot that Russell Westbrook is leaving behind and also Paul George is leaving behind because you clearly had two guys that were in control or at least in charge. Now you don't have that with Oklahoma City. And if you're Chris Paul, how can you fully be in charge If everyone in the organization is expecting you to get traded or everyone in the organization is expecting you to be gone after this year, it's going to be hard to be that guy. And you talk about the biggest hole with the Oklahoma City Thunder. It really is leadership. So Billy Donovan asked about missing Russ and PG, and here's what he had to say yesterday at Media Day.
0: Uh, Coach, I know uh, losing – two of the best players in the NBA is not obviously ideal for a coach. However, do you welcome the challenge of coaching some younger guys and having the opportunity to put maybe a little bit more of an imprint on this team? Well, I,
2: you know, I think our, our team is, is a mix of a lot of different things. We've got some, some young guys. We've got guys that are maybe, so to speak, in the middle of their careers. And then we obviously have some veteran guys. So I think we have a good, real good mix of guys with a lot of different experiences. Um, But it's all going to come down to with all these new faces and and guys being in new roles, new positions, you know, how well and how long does it take for us to become a team, um, to play together, to help each other, to, like I said on offense, help generate good shots, help play for one another. I think trying to establish the one thing since I've been here, there's always been a really, really good defensive identity. Uh, We've been good defensively. You know, how do we tomorrow start in training camp you know, build back to having an identity on defense. All those things become critical, and I think when you're starting over like that with some new people coming in, some younger guys having maybe more opportunity, um, that takes time for all that to come together and work together, and that's got to be, you know, the, the first thing, you know, starting off tomorrow uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning.
1: This season we're going to find out just how good a coach Billy Donovan is because he doesn't have a set roster. That roster is going to change throughout the year, and anyone who's ever been in coaching will tell you the best coaches not only know how to maximize their talent, but they know how to take the talent that they've been given and get it to a point where it can not only be competitive, but it can win on a nightly basis, and as Billy Donovan will tell you, a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander can play three different spots on the floor. And I would think every night he's going to play those three different spots or at least two of those three different spots, which could be anywhere from point guard to shooting guard to small forward. Like, he could play all three of those. And what Billy Donovan is going to do every single night based on the matchup is put Shea Gilgis-Alexander where he will best help this team. And he even said yesterday... Or has said in the past that you could see Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Dennis Schroeder, and Chris Paul all on the floor at the same time, which is something I've been advocating for since this roster got put together. And I would think that you know you'd have Chris at the one, Dennis at the two, CP three at the at the three, and you're just gonna every night see something new from this team until Billy Donovan can get it worked out. Look, you if you've wanted to see coaching on the fly or you wanted to see situational coaching or matchups, you're going to get it because there is absolutely no way you can have a set rotation with this team, not with as fluid as this situation is. And Billy Donovan, his skills will be on full display. Billy also asked yesterday uh, during media day, what his relationship with CP3 is like and... How have the conversations between him and Chris Paul gone early in the early in their getting to know each other stage?
2: Well, you know, I think the first thing is, you know, Chris is a, um, you know, obviously a great competitor. Um, he's been in the league for a long time, uh, extremely bright um, and smart and cerebral. But I would say that you know, for the most part, I mean, he has displayed to me that he's got both feet in a circle. And he wants to come in here and and wants to compete. Um, I think that's probably one of his greatest qualities is his competitiveness. Um, I've enjoyed the time that we've spent together. Um, He spent four days uh, in uh, the end of July, beginning of August, um, to come in and, and worked out with some of our guys. I had a chance to go to California and see him. Uh, He came in last week. So, you know, he's a great guy. Like I said, very, very smart, competitive. And I think a guy that's got both feet in a circle to, you know, do whatever he can do to help our team.
1: Chris Paul has to compete. That is the only way that Chris Paul is going to get out of playing in Oklahoma City and find himself in a better situation. The last thing he wants to do is come in here, make waves, not be a good teammate not play hard, get a reputation that he is just miserable in Oklahoma City and and offers nothing to this organization. No. What people need to see from Chris Paul is a guy that gets along with his teammates and a guy that plays hard every night. So when that contender comes calling Sam Presti, they will consider it to be worth it to make an offer for Chris Paul. So, yeah, when when Billy Donovan says stuff like that or – you hear how great Chris Paul has been about reaching out to Shea Gilgis-Alexander or coming in, talking with the new guys, getting to practice with them, getting to know these guys. It makes total sense. And yes, Chris Paul is a competitor, and and, and anytime you're a competitor, you want to do your absolute best. You want to give your team a chance to win, and, and you hate losing. So I, I understand all that, but... This is also repair reputation time. And, and the best way for Chris Paul to repair his reputation is to be a model citizen here in Oklahoma city. So if you think that there's a little PR with this and that Billy Donovan is, if if you think that this isn't calculated by the Oklahoma city thunder and by Chris Paul, that's where I would say you would be sorely mistaken. And I'm not trying to be cynical here, but it just makes too much business sense For the thunder to move Chris Paul. And in order to do that, you got to show everyone that you got a good product on the shelf. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up on coming up next here on Locked On Thunder. We will hear from Chris Paul, and he'll tell us what it's like to be back in Oklahoma City for the second go-around. And do not forget that this podcast being brought to you by Manscaped, it is the number one men's below the belt grooming tool. Yes. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Highlights from Media Day. Yesterday, CP3, Chris Paul, Met the media for the first time as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But as you well know, this is not the first time he played in Oklahoma City. He did so as a rookie with the New Orleans Hornets, a.k.a. the New Orleans Pelicans, and was well-received. Was easily the most popular player on that team and still, in a lot of respects, is one of the most popular players to have ever played in Oklahoma City. What's interesting is we will see how long that lasts because I think Thunder fans, one, are clinging to the fact that Chris Paul is a superstar and you've traded Russell Westbrook for him, so at least it's Hall of Famer for Hall of Famer. But also what Chris Paul truly represents to this fan base is somebody that's going to help the Thunder get to their future, a future that hopefully includes a championship but doesn't necessarily include him. So what Thunder fans ultimately want from Chris Paul, if you don't understand this, what they're looking for is a guy to come in, play hard, show he can still play, and then bring Sam Presti a great booty once once somebody decides to knock on the door and trade him. That's all Chris Paul is right now. It is the for as great as Oklahoma City fans are this is the most cold and calculated this fan base has ever been when it is when it comes to a player because they understand that the future is that this is not the future this is just a bump on the radar until we get to what we're actually supposed to be or what this team is actually supposed to be Chris Paul being back in Oklahoma City, I'm sure in some respects feels nostalgic, but for the most part, I think he's just looking at it as a flyover, and that was pretty evident when he was asked about being back in Oklahoma City yesterday.
3: Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, Definitely um, different being back. Um, I mean, I had an opportunity to start my career here in 2005, so uh, blessed and fortunate to be back. I actually got to see Guy David at the top of the ramp. Who was still working here when I was a rookie? You know what I mean. So just to see him again, uh, seeing a lot of familiar faces has has been uh, really cool. Uh, Chris, coming in, just what do you see as your main role with, especially with such a young team? Uh to hoop, to hoop, play basketball. Um, I, I'm excited. You know, it's funny because a lot of people try to tell your truth or try to tell your story and say what you want and all this different type stuff. But uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. Uh, I'm excited about our team and excited
0: about building. Uh, Chris, you said that you feel better physically than you have throughout your career. What changes did you make and what's led you to feel
3: better? Uh, a few changes here and there. You know what I mean? Uh, you're just always trying to evolve, always trying to learn get better. And um, that's that's what I tried to do this summer. Um, and like I said, I'm excited. The training staff has been amazing since day one, Since uh, the trade happens so i'm excited about uh about
1: hoping there's a couple of things that we need to get to based on that quote for first and foremost talk about him being in better sh- in great shape look chris paul looks fabulous but i have yet to see that a, a professional athlete that doesn't look like he's in shape even raymond felton who people gave a hard time to about his weight Looked like a guy that was pretty yoked and took care of himself. So the fact that Chris Paul's diet has changed between his rookie year and now, that's really to be expected because body is your temple. Body is how you make a living. You're going to do everything you can to possibly take care of it. As far as the comment about what his role is on this team, him saying to Hoop, not the answer I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear him talk about mentoring Shea Gilgis-Alexander, being a part of this organization, figuring out how to try to help these young players grow, um, orchestrating uh, the the offense and putting guys in the right place to win. And he didn't say any of that. He just said to hoop, which I guess in his way could mean exactly what I want him to say But by the same token, I understand why Chris Paul didn't go there. And you have to look at it this way. If you remember when Aaron Rodgers got drafted by the Green Bay Packers, the last thing Brett Favre wanted to do is mentor him. Aging quarterbacks do not want to mentor the guys that are taking over their job. Eli Manning going through that right now in New York. Well, for Chris Paul, I can imagine mentoring Shea Gilgis Alexander at the age of 34 while his career is on his backside is not the number one priority for him. The number one priority is to find a way to win a championship. You know it's not going to happen here. So what do you do? You come out, you ball as hard as you possibly can, and then boom, you're right back in a situation where you can contribute hopefully to a championship team, but a whole along that way, the residual effects for Oklahoma City for this to have been totally worth it. Okay, forget what you can get when it comes to whatever anybody wants to trade you for. The residual effects have to be that Chris Paul made a positive impact on this team, especially with Shea Gilgis Alexander, and at the age of 34, Chris Paul still. With a lot of basketball left, uh, certainly not as much as he had at the beginning of his career, but at the age of 34, this is a guy that still has a lot of confidence in his ability.
3: Yeah, Chris, you're 34. You're, still, you're 34. Jeez. I'm 58, so uh, you, you're fine. How tough is it to, to keep playing at the level you're playing? You, you don't look like your game's falling much, if any. Are you, are you? How long will you be able to keep doing this? Playing at the elite level you have? Uh, It's competition. I think that's the thing that fuels me is competition and uh, always trying to get better, uh, always trying to pay attention, uh, seeing how I can improve. i got an unbelievable team around me, people who try to help me day in and day out. But it's it's the competition of it. And, and, you know, having the opportunity to have a, a number of really good friends who did it for a long time too, you know, I mean, I got a chance to see D. Wade, you know, Melo, and, you know, you see Braun at year 17 of how he is. So having that, um, I had veterans. I played with, like, Chauncey Billups. Um, I played with Grant Hill his last year. You know, so you're always just trying to figure out ways. Uh, I eat a lot different now than I did when I used to go up right out to Southern Nazarene for practice every day. But, um, you know, it's just, it's just all about learning and evolving.
1: Try to put myself in Chris Paul's shoes for a bit and put yourself into Chris Paul's shoes for a second. You're coming into somebody else's house. Like This is never going to be your house. How awkward must that be for you to be a seasoned veteran, for you to have accomplished the things that you have throughout your career and know that you're entering Russell Westbrook's house, that the organization wants to be Shea Gilgis Alexander's house. In a sense, it's got to feel like you're an interloper. You know that this is all temporary. So how can you get emotionally attached to it? How can you be enthusiastic about the city that you're playing in? Not that you hate being here, and certainly I didn't get that vibe from him yesterday that he hated being here, but it's also a situation where it's like, yeah, man, this is this is awkward. He He will make the best out of this situation, but ultimately... There will be an uneasy feeling that'll run throughout him. You just hope that it doesn't permeate throughout the rest of the team while he's here as a stopover. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we'll finish things up. Uh, hearing about Shea Gil- hearing from Shea Gilgis Alexander, and he'll tell us about his role with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thanks again for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Be sure to check out all the video that we collected from yesterday's media day at Thunder Maven. That's basketballmaven.io slash thunder. And you can also check that out on the Sports Animal Facebook site. So on on Sports Animal's Facebook page. All right, we finish up with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, newest member of the Thunder, expected to be the face of the Thunder for the foreseeable future. Which means he's got to understand what his role is. And I, I just watching him yesterday, seeing how he conducted himself in the hall, seeing how he conducted himself through the interviews, I'm sure he understands that. But at his age, even playing at Kentucky, I'm not sure he 100% grasp what he's gotten himself into. And here was his answer yesterday when talking about what his role is expected to be with OKC. Yeah, um,
0: we haven't really done too much structure-wise, um, so I can't really answer that question. Um, but as far as playing with my teammates, I feel comfortable out there um, getting to those guys better and better every day, and it's been fun.
3: Yeah, Shay, you, uh, with the Clippers last year, you're on a team that nobody thought a lot of going into the season, and then they trade Tobias Harris at mid-year, and everybody thinks it's tank mode. You don't tank, you have a successful year, scare the Warriors in the playoffs. Any similarities to what you've seen here? Losing Westbrook, losing George, people not, don't have the thunder very high. Is it is it the same kind of script that you might can follow with, with surprising the league?
0: Um, Yeah, I guess you can say so. Um, but personally, I try not to worry about everything the, the league says or the media says in terms of things like tanking and stuff like that, and expectations for us. Um, I think if we just focus on ourselves, uh, try to get better every day and play the best of our ability and as hard as we can, and it'll take us where it takes us, whether that be the playoffs, not the playoffs, the finals run. You never know.
1: That was a great point brought up by Barry Trammell about last year's Clippers team that unexpectedly went to the playoffs. And they go from unexpectedly going to the playoffs to now being possibly the favorite in the Western Conference, that being the Clippers as far as Oklahoma City goes. It's just that ever-changing expectations throughout the season. And for Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you pretty much just have to show that you're willing to do whatever the organization asks of you and just adapt to whatever role that they throw in front of you um, on a daily basis, which in a sense has to be a bit confusing, but in a way has to be comforting because you know going into every practice, there's not that mentality of, hey, it's championship or bust. It's, hey, we just need to do our best on this particular day when you are asked to do this. Just go do this, and if you can handle that, then you'll be able to handle Oklahoma City. And we'll wrap things up as Shea Gilgis alexander talks about all the uncertainty going on around Oklahoma City right now.
0: Um, Yeah, I feel like this organization is in a a good spot to get better. Um, Obviously having a lot of picks um, through the, the work in the summer. Um, and then having guys on the team um, that are talented and, and I think have something to prove, um, so that's always a good thing. Um, and I think this organization, they've obviously done it in the past with guys like Russell, uh, Kevin, and and James.
1: Um, so I think they know what it takes and they know how to do it, um, and it's only a matter of time. Translation, we know we're not a championship-caliber team this year, but Sam Presti's done an excellent job drafting And he has enough assets to put a team around me. So if it doesn't happen this year or next year, we're not too far off. That's what he's telling you. And if you're looking for hope, sell hope, whatever you want to call it, Shea Gilgis Alexander just gave you that hope better than Sam Presti ever could because essentially what he just said is, we'll get it done. We've done it before. Watch it happen again. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, more audio. We'll hear from Stephen Adams. We'll hear from Andre Robertson and Newlands Noel. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody, love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder. You up. are
0: Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.